The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix Podcast. Tune in today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Smash some nootropic brain drink and see if in 20 minutes we feel uh, like our performance on the pod has improved. Go for it. Dietary Requirements, the spin-off's food podcast. Every fortnight we get together to talk about the cultural, social and political role of food in Aotearoa and break bread with some of the buzziest people in the local scene. Today I'm joined by Alice Neville, the spin-off's food editor. Kia ora. And the oven glove is on the other hand with Sophie today. She's actually a, a guest on the pod as one of the members of Future Food Aotearoa, a, well, I'll get you guys to describe it in a second because we're also joined by Angus Brown, another one of the founding members, is that correct? Yeah, you could say that. We'll, we'll say it. We're called the Steerco, I believe. The Steerco. Yeah, cool. All sorts of corporate jargon about to get thrown your way. No, oh. I'm worried about that. We're going to have to <laughs> check you every time you throw corporate jargon out there. Cause Sh- shout out to Alex Worker. If he was in the building, there would be a lot more of it. Alex Worker being the f- chair. The chair of the, the FFA. I love how you've yeah. even created the, the, a really... The life force. <clears throat> yeah, he is. So the Future Food Aotearoa is a 10-person collective, I believe, from the most recent PR... Uh, of a emerging food tech leaders in New Zealand who've joined forces to help New Zealand become the Silicon Valley of the food scene. Um, we will get deeper into it in a second, but first, I'd love to thank our sponsor, this podcast, and all our food coverage on the spin-off would not be possible without the support of Freedom Farms. They believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how that animal has been raised, and their pork, bacon, and free-range eggs are fucking delicious, so go and buy them all. And uh, much love, because we wouldn't be here without them. Angus is the founder of Arepa... How do I say the... Arepa nootropics. Nootropic was the word that I was looking for, which is primary ingredient is black currant extract. Uh, there's there's kind of three. So um, bark, Yeah, it? so nootropics are, it's like a buzz term describing and meaning kind of for the brain. And so, you know, caffeine is the probably the most widely used nootropic, but a lot of the um, more kind of edgy ones uh, typically have been 
in the kind of pharmaceutical, you know, enhancement space. But wh- where we really operate is in um, safe, natural food formats um, using unique to New Zealand ingredients that we, we clinically improve. So it's a mixture of a unique variety of New Zealand blackcurrant called Neuroberry, a pine bark extract that's the byproduct of the timber industry um, that's used as a traditional alternative to Ritalin for ADHD children or used in high doses for concussion recovery. Um, and then an, uh, an amino acid found in green tea called L-theanine, which reduces anxiety without making you drowsy and takes away the jitteriness of um, caffeine, too much coffee. Um, so we've kind of found that formula through working with a world-renowned neuroscientist and um, patented it. And now we're focusing on kind of uh, looking at optimising it and, and how other ingredients might work within that um, that formula. Well, that's buzzy as fuck, and I think <laughs> represents a really wonderful case study for what future food Aotearoa is trying to do, right? It's trying to take the potential of New Zealand's environment, reputation, and uh, I guess brains, you know, the, the really Innovation and food, food yep. entrepreneurs that we have here, and sort of harness that so that we can all paddle our waka in the same direction with a bit of combined force, right? Yeah, so um, how the... the Basically, how it all started was um, a bunch of friends that were in the business of food uh, were getting together, and we started to realise that we did actually represent the the next generation of food entrepreneurs. And what we have come to an agreement with is that you know we want to build the next generation of the Fonteras and Zespries out of New Zealand and build these billion dollar businesses, but. Our focus is really around regenerative food technology. So there's a pretty big commonality within all the founding members um, around uh, wanting to produce better for people, better for the planet, food products. And our companies are now um, focusing more on applying intelligence and technology across all the value chain. Um, to produce, you know, kind of advanced future food products. And so this group uh, that we've formed is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's out there in Aotearoa in regards to, you know, up-and-coming bidding entrepreneurs. And we're just wanting to create a platform so that government agencies can uh, work with us to help give a leg up to the next generation of, um, of bidding food entrepreneurs. And also what we've found is that New Zealand um, punches well above its weight in producing really, really high-quality produce. We have a pretty unsung, very smart food technology, um, you know, from universities to uh, interesting food companies, but no one around the world really knows that. And then we kind of don't really work that well together to take on the rest of the world and and, um, and also educate our own uh, people at home around the, the opportunities that are in food and food technology. Because it feels like a, a, an almost a little bit of a shift in how we think about food, both as a final consumer and producers. When I, you know, make spaghetti carbonara for dinner, I'm not wondering if it's going to 
improve my you know cognitive powers or whether it's i'm not thinking about the or um, what foot, the, the, the carbon footprint of that meal. yeah you just you you look at that um package of pasta on the shelf and you just think oh yeah, it's you know like it's delicious uh, yeah and um and it's you know it's it's, it's two dollars and i've got no idea where this came from and and a lot of people don't realize is that there's been a lot of effort and a lot of pain and a lot of you know manufacturing now to to produce that product um at scale and and export it around the world and so so this collective is kind of the, the next generation and we span from you know hospitality to beverage to um, plant-based food alternatives and then into the, the health food space and we what we want to do is kind of engage with the rest of New Zealand you know kind of under 40 food entrepreneurs and and give them a, a platform to be seen and heard and also um, help. As both lady food entrepreneur uh <coughs> How, how, what does your involvement look like, Soph? Is it part of integrating the hospitality scene into the movement? Can we call it a movement? We can call it a movement, Um, for sure. That's on the agenda. I think I sit outside the norm of the membership, which are product businesses. A lot of them have an export focus as well, but... In saying that, part of the purpose of getting everyone together is shared knowledge and experiences and mistakes and lessons. And those things really cross over between hospitality and product. So, And export market number one for a lot of these companies is New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. So SOF provides a really great platform for um, these businesses to get their first you know, runs on the board. Yeah. And so, for example... Um, Ben from Almighty, he serves his new sparkling water product through a lot of hospitality businesses. So it's a really good consumer test feedback kind of loop to these guys with a more export focus as well. So just reading about you guys, the pathway for students, Māori and young graduates to intern and work across the member companies, that's cool. Has that started yet? No, not yet. So we're, we're in like, we've just, I guess, formed ourselves yeah. and we're kind of working uh, and having conversations with the likes of MPI, New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, Asia New Zealand Foundation, um, and just kind of looking to onboard the right uh, partner agencies to help with that next plan, which does involve bringing in new students and, and mm-hmm. interns to get experience in food businesses that have gone through the valley of death and are out the other end and share those learnings and also deploy iwi future leaders and and also cross-pollinate that uh, indigenous knowledge that they have to share with um, with our businesses as well. Because cool. Matauranga Māori represents huge potential for this exact movement, I think, mm. um, especially around things like sustainability. We've seen things like... It's really grounded um, New Zealand businesses, uh, especially... So th- there's this kind of older, larger group called Tihono, and it's a movement where it gets the top leaders across, you know, the Fonterras and the Zespres of this world, and they meet at Stanford University, and they, they share a lot of learnings. And we were with Peter Crisp, the CEO of NZT, yesterday, and he said, you know, first year was basically 
all the meat guys, and they sat at either end of the lecture theatre listening to these world-class uh, professors educate them on new ways of thinking. But in the following years to come, uh, a lot more Māori leaders joined them, and it really grounded their movement and helped them focus back on what's important to Māori, and it really joined them together through you know song and, and celebration. Um, so th- I, th- I thought that was really quite interesting. It's and- quite interesting also that those organisations that are established, they don't have a lot of overlap with the next generation. And for whatever reason, obviously, there will be exceptions to that. But the movement that we're forming has definitely got a new way of looking at things and a new way of thinking things. And they said um, one of the outputs from the trip that the team just had in Christchurch was that they feel challenged by FFA. And I think that's really great because... Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, totally. There's a really strong sustainability directive there needs to be among the companies that we're all keeping and a bunch of other challenges about including important cultural elements into our products, which is cool. I think it's really unique. Are you expecting any pushback from the sort of old guard of farmers who might be a little concerned about talk about, you know, Even Fonterra, who's... who's um, come to define innovation in the food sector, but have also, you know, the, one of our leading emission emitters. You know, does does it feel like you're shown up and trying to tell people who, who have done it for a very long time to do things differently? No, they're, they're all people at the end of the day within these companies, right? And um, you would think that, but actually it's the, it's the other way. They see us as really rich, interesting content to learn from. They, they told us that, you know, yesterday, and we thought that was really quite interesting. Um, so I think we act as a... Uh, inspiration vehicle for these guys um, but also equally we're, we're learning a lot from how they are thinking and designing their new I guess businesses and or, or business plans. We met at the New Zealand Merino headquarters um, and so New Zealand Merino have done a fantastic job at you know turning uh, a wool commodity business into a really high value sustainable uh, sustainably focused business that now supplies you know all birds and icebreaker and and the stories that they are creating are at the forefront of their focus it's you know it's not about the products and the packaging it's actually the stories and their values and it's all around sustainability and the story of New Zealand and we thought that that was really awesome but when we were sharing our businesses around the table to some of these thought leaders you know, ex-CEOs of the giants of New Zealand food, they're all really incredibly impressed at um, who we were, what we were doing, and, and the focus that we had on better for people, better for planet food products. I just think it's really interesting that you're meeting at a um, wool headquarters, not even a food mm. uh, company and that ability to learn from that story and that success of um, New Zealand Merino is a really fascinating idea for the future of New Zealand's food uh, industry. There's kind of like three different groups that stand to gain quite a lot from each other so it's just figuring out how they all interact with each other so there's the established guys that we've just been speaking about that are you know they have bigger budgets than us and they are in less riskier positions than us in some ways but Also, they are less agile than us. And so it means that we get to interact with each other and try and get the benefit out of each other. And then the next group of people is what we're calling cohort tahi, which will be, I think we've got a list of up to 50 people that are in the same category as us, young, future New Zealand food leaders. And 
we can bring them along for the ride and there's access to people that have established experience and experts that we can't afford to pay, for example, um, is really invaluable. That's the stuff that you miss out on when you're battling away on your own. So it's quite a cool community vibe as well. And the fourth group is the government agencies that Mm. have all these KPIs to grow exports, grow, you know, environmental positive impact, et cetera, et cetera. And they're struggling to figure out how to work with the rest of us, as in the not the top 50 big, Mm. large giants. And so they're finding incredible insights and what this group is doing is kind of pre-vetting and validating companies that are involved in this and um, they can do like a one-to-many to our group of providing and opening up their services that a lot of companies might not know even exist. Yeah, I was going to say that, but no one knows where to find them when you're battling away with your new business that you're really passionate about and you've got your head down and your bum up. You don't yeah. realise that actually... Export market access, funding, yeah. you know, There's advice, a bunch of support. Consumer insights. There's a whole bunch of awesome um, New Zealand agency like services that exist, primarily for the top end of town. But what we're trying to do is give give that same access to, um, to, the, to the next generation. Is there much... Um, How was the shop, by the way? I, I actually meant... It was intense. You guys down so it's quite full quickly. on. It's full <laughs> on. Simon just absolutely tastes like it. Ribena, but tart, more tart. So, yeah. Alice, I'm going to do like the it. Trump, Donald Trump cognitive test on you. I'm excited. So, in about ten minutes, I'm mm-hmm. going to retest. Don't don't write this down. You need to remember yep. in this order: person, woman, man, camera, TV. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Got it. All right, I'll come back to you in ten minutes. So, in theory, your cognitive what reaction time or just uh, so ability to focus what's going to improve for Alice recall it helps recall right uh, yes we've we have just discovered a statistically significant improvement in uh, stressed university students from a one-time consumption of Arepa at school psychology it'll be published later on this year but it, basically the key thing is it helps you to stay calm and think clear under moments of pressure and stress and there's a whole bunch of research to support that uh, while being good for your brain in the long term What's the recommended dose? Uh, That shot or one bottle or one scoop of our powder or two of our capsules. I said 90 mils. What, per day? Uh, No, as in when you need it from the mental performance perspective and then from the neurological protection brain health perspective, we think it's kind of one to one and a half doses per day. We've just landed a $1.5 million grant to undertake a neuroprotection study this year. Neuroprotection is? Preventative. uh, Like delaying the onset of neurological decline. So our business is, um, so in terms of like future food, regenerative, of food technology, food tech businesses, you know, a lot of these companies are really diving heavy into the better for the planet space, and we do that as well. But our more our higher priority focus is better for human health, and and more specifically, kind of cognitive health. Um, and so this this neuroprotection study, <coughs> uh, we know that science is saying that neurological decline happens as you get older. And what we think we have discovered is that there are compounds in Arepa that are working just as well as some of the leading 
leading anti-Parkinson's, anti-dementia, anti-depression medications. And so this, this big study that we're doing is kind of the first step towards showing and proving that. And if we can delay the onset of, say, dementia through food by five years, which we think is very possible if we get more of these types of products into people's hands, we can the economic burden savings is $10 trillion. Wow. So our, our mission is around kind of brain health, and then we ensure to make our products recyclable, use plant-based ingredients sourced in New Zealand, use regenerative farming, and, um, and ensure that our carbon emissions are, are offset, um, which is what we're working on kind of achieving this year. But when you're a small startup with limited budget, you kind of have to make priority decisions. And at the moment, our priorities have been in the science. Question. What does it cost to do a clinical study? $1.5 million for a grant. Sounds awesome. So, yeah, so this one uh, is split into two different arms. A clinical study is anywhere from a pilot could be as little as $60,000 up to, you know, north of, you know, tens of millions. It depends on the amount of people that you're studying. Mm -hmm. So um, typically we've only been able to afford to do you know, like kind of 20 to 30 people, but we do it double-blind, crossover, placebo-controlled. It's freaking hard to d- make a placebo of this drink when the <laughs> oh, actives yeah. are the things that make it taste the way it does. Yeah. Um, but we've done that now, which is um, which is cool. Because if you know you've had the placebo, it defeats the purpose, right? Yeah, yeah, like, oh, this is clearly not it. And then, so you have to kind of, yeah, might like take away that placebo just to prove that your product genuinely works, especially right. when it's like that mental. Oh no, actually, it's all, all kind of health aspects. The study we will be doing it in about 130 people. You know, it's crossover and um, it's quite long. What's and, the time period? Uh, to be over five months, um, and it so, will cost 1.5 million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's cool. making me think like students will love this. I'm just remembering of the time I stayed up all night studying for my commercial law exam. And then I sat outside the exam room for 45 minutes till the last moment they'd let you in, still trying to read my notes <laughs> some more. It's nerve wracking. Well, then when I sat down, like, I was so tired that like words were floating out off the page. <laughs> I'm like, uh oh, maybe this wasn't a good idea. I just needed a 90 mils of black currant extract and I've been. <laughs> But I passed, I passed. Nice. Yeah, we do sell out during exam season. That's and we're just trying right. to replace the need for, like, sugary energy drinks. Yeah. You know, these kids kind of down copious amounts. Like how ice sells out in Gisborne during r and caffeine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we're not at that stage yet. But, yeah, we're starting to, to build our, our tribe of followers. Who's your target market? Uh, anyone with a brain that wants their brain to work better. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. 
Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. How much do you drink? Are you just like, you just like swigging it all day constantly? Is your brain like (laughs) a next level brain now? No, so we like, so it's really hard to create something that's safe, natural, you know, good for you that can also enhance. Like, we basically allow people's brains to work at their. Um, potential you know we don't like further increase it like things like you know amphetamines and and there are some um, pharmacological agents that do have like really strong enhancing aspects what we do is we just reduce your mental fatigue increase oxygen to the brain and so it allows your brain to perform at its best so Um, if your brain's like already a bit shit you're not going to actually we'll improve it, less it. Less, slightly less shit. But while you're under the influence of a repa, your brain is we can in help mint you. Condition. We well, we can help you stay calm and think clearer um, under moments of fatigue and stress. I love watching Angus's brain trying to make sure that he's not making yeah, I'm not promises. Yeah. <laughs> that he's not going to yeah. give you a super brain. Doesn't yeah. want his, uh, but his the, juice the neuro, to be writing checks that is... Uh, yeah, and then, and then the neuroprotection is like we're just wanting to delay the onset of normal neurological decline. And we think that there's, there was a study brought out, uh, quite a substantial one in the Journal of uh, Psychopharmacology showing that a diet rich in berries, tea, apples and pears... Um, significantly delayed the onset of dementia. And the compounds in Arepa are basically those compounds that were studied that were were within the tea, the berries, the apples Mm. and pears. So thinking about all that amazing investment in science and the development of this tech for your product within the context of future food Aotearoa, do you encounter cultural and sort of ideological clashes where someone might be doing really amazing lab meat, like creating incredible tasty protein in a mm. in a laboratory which is you know got a tiny carbon footprint when you've got another person who you might want to work with that is really invested in exciting innovative regenerative farming mm. that is still a big believer in using land for this purpose and and growing beautiful cows to make tasty meat mm. but doing that in a different way like what about genetic modification does that have a um, piece to play in New Zealand's future food story these are all the discussions that we've been having yeah so um, I think that there's room for all of what you've just said and what the the platform is looking to do is to um, enable access to best in class you know educators and and you know uh, agency help to ensure that those companies who are on those particular journeys do the best job at whatever kind of category that they're in. And, you know, New Zealand's small enough that everyone ends up finding their own niche and being the champions within that niche. Um, it's not like we're going to produce suddenly 10 different companies all doing leg-grown meat. There well, are so we're not there to judge. It's The idea is that we're encouraging and supporting and educating. So... I might not think, so Nick Hammond, who's in our Steerco, he is one of the founders of Spring Sheep, which is sheep's milk. And there's a really interesting debate about sheep's milk and whether it's better for the environment than cow's milk. But then there's also people that say, well, shouldn't we just be using plant milk? So it's like we're not getting into that debate. It's everybody is um, aiming to 
be the best at what they've chosen to pursue and it's more supportive than judgmental. Yeah, and like and the sheep milk with spring sheep dairy and they're going incredibly well, but they've yeah. been around for a, a you know, a wee while now and it was kind of almost before this, you know, big oat milk revolution, so to speak. And so you know, it's you can't just like close up shop and feeding, you know, feeding families and farmers and stuff. But um, there's a need for all of those things. There's yeah. a, there's a huge amount of scale involved in all of those big problems. So I, I think everyone's got a valid part to play in it. And I was glad you brought up um, uh, genetic modification, Simon. I, I'm a I'm a I am a fan of the CRISPR platform, the CRISPR technology, which uh, it's it's gene editing, like it's, it's original GMO stuff is taking a, you know, a frog gene and inserting it into a corn gene and so that that corn gene was more drought resistant. But the downside to that uh, type of technology is that you get, um, you know, mutation mm. or, or side effects, whereas what CRISPR is showing to do and prove that it can really quite eloquently kind of unzip the, the genome using its own materials um, and resources and then reprogram that gene to take out a faulty node. And so that might come, we might, we may need to go down that path if we wanting to, for our cows to um, fart less, um, we might need to use CRISPR to produce the best type of grass. Um, the ACT Party had an absolute riot over that one in the election. I remember I went to a, a talk, and I'm not the biggest fan of the ACT Party, but the main talk was this young dude, and he was representing the, his generation, and he was saying, like, isn't it crazy that we can't genetically modify grass rye grass to make the cows fart less like this is ridiculous and was just giving all the boomers in the room a telling off it's yeah. really funny there there is. there's a lot of fear from the boomers and but this technology is like showing that it can like pretty much it's on roots and they're getting continuous case studies like cure incurable diseases like sickle cell disease and you know like you know people die from this and it's it's basically you know and and so this technology is being able to show that it can do that so the applications are really broad you, uh, in australia they're looking at i think from a pest rodent perspective the potential is, is they could make the the male um rodent basically you know not able to reproduce so that that's like a, an easy clean way without having to put out 1080 to, to decrease the population of, of pests it's quite interesting how the you know, when there was all the scandal around GE and Corngate and mm. whatnot, which I remember very clearly. John Campbell John versus, Campbell Helen, versus Clark Helen Clark. Helen worth a watch on okay. uh, the mm. New Zealand On Air archive. She storms yeah. out of the interview. Yeah, and calls him a little creep or something. I remember it clearly. But it's looking back, it's like, wow, that was like our biggest thing we had to worry about. It well, technology's seem... come a long way since then yeah. too, so that's quite important when you're watching that to realise that they're not speaking about the same thing. Yeah that is being spoken about now. Yeah. Because it, it still has its, like, hugely strong opponents. But yes. in that political debate that I was in, um, Chloe Swarbrick was there as well, and she was being basically urged to admit that the Green Party no-GE mm. blanket claim is outdated, and she did say it hasn't been updated and it is being reviewed. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So a sanctimonious little creep was what Helen Clark I remember called, that. called John Campbell. <laughs> But it, it, it is interesting. Some of the most exciting food people I know are like vehemently GE opposed, and I think it's um, it's got its place, right? Yeah, like, like nuclear energy, energy has its place, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I it's read an interesting piece, and I can't remember where it is, but I'll find it about the idea behind natural food and how it's actually quite classist. And I like I feel that 
in myself that I'm like, oh, I don't like the idea of that. It's not natural. But actually what, like, what is, is natural? wine natural? Yeah. And with things like, I don't know, even like like Otis, which I love, grows oats here, sends it to Sweden, to, you know, and I'm like, I'd rather just have a nice organic cow milk. But Just soak your like, porridge and drink the... Um, Everything the is your own perception. Yeah, and I don't and like you... the idea of, I don't really like plant-based meats because I just don't really like them. And it kind of, I'm like, how how do they even make that? But then, yeah, I've got to see that the idea of only liking natural things is basically classist bullshit. It's privilege, but also your um, aversion to plant meats as a vegetarian yeah. is relevant because you don't eat meat. You're not yeah. their target market. Their target market is the people that are eating meat. Yeah, exactly. So, I'd know, rather it, just have a nice chickpea. Not, yeah, totally. It's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> just love another chickpea. <laughs> and I think it's right for a chickpea on the barbecue, will you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big part of the idea that Future Food Aotearoa has embodied is that storytelling, mm. is helping people like Alice and I join the movement. Because when I think about genetic modification or CRISPR or, you know, nootropics, I don't really know what the fuck is going on mm. and helping take the public who are the you know the final consumer on the journey and understand that this is pretty amazing stuff going on is a really important part of what you do. Yeah, and there's there's so many really cool stories um, within the the Steerco like you know the Cheer Sisters they've got you know one of the world's only solar powered beverage plants and they're one of the best B Corp certified um, yeah. companies uh, in New Zealand. <clears throat> there is a heap of other food companies that are this Steco essentially is was formed because there were a bunch of us mates that were meeting up, you know, once a month when Alex Worker, who works for used to work for Impossible Foods, um, and now has got a number of um, startups that he's working on, when he would come back from Hong Kong or China and would catch up with them. So that's it kind of it's not like we've gone out and picked like us. It's just like we're a bunch of mates and now we're wanting to actually do something to better the future of New Zealand food. And actually, because the, the problem was was that you know a lot of traditional companies are exporting commodities and we're shipping containers of milk powder or ingredients to the rest of the world to then add value to the end consumer whereas what we are wanting to do is to and in lack of sustainability or social responsibility and so what we're wanting to do is to create really high value um, better for you better for the planet food products and um, and build the next generation of the Fonterras and Zespres out there. I think that's a really beautiful succinct encapsulation of everything we've talked about today so use it to segue into alice's test oh yeah are you smarter than donald trump now that you've had some nootropic juice go man woman person tv camera well you got it all right you got all the uh, pieces of the puzzle there but wrong order oh what was the order person person? woman man camera tv donald trump said he got it all in order so uh I was trying Doubt to keep it, it in my head and then I just got distracted and <laughs> forgot all about it. I don't um, think I'd be able to remember that without turning it into like an acronym. Oh, yeah, I should have done that, eh? Well, well really great. Yeah. Maybe if I'd had another – imagine if I hadn't had the idea, I would have just been like a blank. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a pass, Mike. Well, I think when you say Trump, you, people just like zone out straight away. Yeah, maybe that was Yeah, it. that's probably what killed the combo. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really grateful for you taking the time to hang out with us. It's a really exciting mission and movement. I look forward to seeing uh, what happens next. Yeah, people can follow on the um, LinkedIn Group yeah, at so the moment. I think that's where all the relevant Arteta stuff feels on very on brand. And then, yeah, with Future Food Arteta on, we've got, we've got a website. Yeah. Um, got a gram? 
Uh, not yet. Oh, i got to get a grant. And then we'll be holding an event soon um, with more details to come. Cool. Be, cool. Yeah, o- opening that up to the public. And I'll shop for your time. Oh. Shout out to Tina Tiller on the soundboard. Our producer today, Jane Yee, is the executive director of the Spinoff Podcast Network. We've got Had Be- Has Beats on the theme song. And thank you to my wonderful co-hosts, Sophie and Alice. Thanks, Simon. Cheers to you. Cheers. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. Kia ora e te iwi, te aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.